0: Hello, welcome to Subdurbs Talk About Games. I'm your co-host, Mango.
1: And I am your co-host, Buddy.
0: And today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the the end of Phase one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, Thor, or uh, Thor, Captain America, and Avengers. But before we do that, why don't you let folks know what it is we do on this podcast.
1: On this podcast, we like to talk about games, but uh, as we started last week, we are honoring our promise from the uh the two hundredth episode spectacular which was to cover all of the all of like the Marvel movies to rank all of them. We're honoring that promise here by the end of the year by going through by going through the movies. So last week we did Iron Man, Iron Man Two, the Incredible Hulk, and this week we're doing the back half of phase one, Thor, Captain America the First Avenger, and the Avengers.
0: Yeah, so, uh do you have do you have any well, first of all we should say spoilers for these movies which are old sure. at this point So you know they... <laughs> yeah,
1: The biggest cultural phenomenon Probably in the, of the 2010s Yeah
0: yeah um, so you know uh, if you haven't seen them Maybe go see them I don't know I, I mean do we want to do a typical thing Like how uh, you want to do a quick up down on, on What you thought of Thor, Captain America And Avengers uh,
1: So my quick up down Is I still really Dislike Captain America thor fell in my eyes
0: the avengers grew in my eyes okay um i think that like captain america is better than i remember it i don't think it's phenomenal um thor is bad and avengers is uh is 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 good although i'm not sure like we'll we'll get into it but avengers is fun but i don't know how good it is if that makes sense all right all right so, so, so where do you want to start
1: so I guess so. The the early entrance points is Thor, right? Thor is the next movie like up in the roster. Right, right, right. I had Thor by my old. So last week I, I told you about my Letterbox ratings where I went and I rated all the movies, the Marvel movies, uh, in a five star ranking. Um, just being five being I love this movie. One being I hate this movie. Three being I have no opinion. two being I don't like it you know, for being it's okay sort of thing. Uh, Thor, I had it four stars because I remember liking this movie quite a bit. And I remember liking this movie more than other people. Like, I I was up on this movie compared to most people. Um, mostly because, like, first of all, Thor is my favorite Marvel Universe character. And also because... Um, The Thor movie is kind of based off of the run of Thor comics that I really, really loved, uh, which was the J. Michael Straczynski run from, like, 2006 to maybe 2010-ish or so. Um, Just, like, this really beautiful, amazing run. Like, quintessential Thor. Some of the best Thor that has, like, ever been like, written in, in Marvel, uh, like, Marvel Comics history. And the screenplay for this movie was written by J. Michael Straczynski, right? So, obviously, I, I am predisposed to sort of, like, love this thing. But um, I kind of forgot. It, what mostly it happened was my memory of this movie was colored very heavily by the parts I liked, and the parts I disliked fell away. So when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, wow, I forgot I forgot how annoying this was, or how much I didn't like this bit, or how much whatever sort of thing. Um so overall it like kind of drops in my um in my like estimation or ranking. To be honest, I feel like this is is a movie that has a lot of script problems. Um, okay. Probably they started I would I would expect they started with one script and then it got doctored to hell by somebody else because it, it really feels like that to me.
0: So, 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 why do you say that? Um, I mean, like, what do you think the problems are, and why do you? Th- what makes you think that, that that's a doctoring issue or? or an I anything
1: specifically issue? think that they doctored. I think that they kind of did the Justice League thing to this, which is that like they wanted to... Or, like, the Suicide Squad thing a little bit, where they wanted to, like, punch up the the humor. And I think that the character of Darcy was entirely added just to be funny. Um, Oh, okay. Because Darcy doesn't affect the plot at all, isn't integral to the plot at all, right? Um, And...
0: Doesn't come back ever, right?
1: Yeah, and I just found that character so fucking annoying. It just, like, drove me nuts. Um, So... I don't know that also I think that, uh, I think that the stuff in shield is not great and also kind of feels,
0: Oh yeah. Like, so I, I think this is like also like, like I I think Phil Coulson like starts going down like a not so great path. Like he, he, he gets less serious. I think as the movies go on until death and Avengers. Um, and I don't like that, that look for him. I liked him better. as like kind of like a, a more serious guy. Um, I don't know, but I, I I think I think I agree with you for the most part. Um, I'm gonna think I think I'm gonna go back on something I said last week, which is that like they were like um, uh, the origin story thing being uh making these movies feel really uh making them feel really kind of like uh what's it called overcrowded and it's weird because I think the problem's worse in the in the movies where they don't actually do the origin story and maybe that's just because they like spend so much time trying to set up who Thor is without actually doing the Thor origin story thing, right? I mean, and they do it a little bit, but, like, you know, it's 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 not a lot um, cause I Yeah,
1: I also don't think that the movie navigates very well between Earth and Asgard Yeah. Like, it does the Thor origin story stuff, and I actually think that the pacing of all that is fine. I like Thor going to Jotunheim and fucking on the Frost Giants or whatever but I had, but it kind of falls apart at the end for me, because just, like All of the stuff with sort of Loki... It all, like, makes sense when I think about it. But in the moment, it just, like, strikes me as, like, weird and I sort of have these questions. You know, like, Thor spends the most of the movie hanging out with, you know, Stellan Starsgard and and Natalie Portman or whatever, um, going on their kooky hijinks, fish-out-of-water sort of, like, adventure. But the whole climax of the movie is in Asgard completely removed from that and the movie wants it to be about that right like it wants it to be about Thor is sort of he loves Midgard now and he is sacrificing that in order to defeat Loki but all of that just felt so contrived Um, yeah especially because he's only on like
0: Midgard for like what like a couple days at best yeah right. like
1: why is Loki nuking Jotunheim why is the Bifrost being used by Loki to nuke Jotunheim I just like Why does destroying the bifrost matter? Isn't Heimdall aware of this stuff going on? It's just like so many questions about like the back half of the Asgard piece of the movie just kinda feel like they don't they don't like quite add up. And if I were to line it all out, I'm sure I could tell you like I'm sure we could put it together. Um, right, he doesn't like feel that way.
0: Yeah, it's like the opposite of a French moment, right? Like a French moment being like, yeah. "Wait, that doesn't like, make I sense." Think technically
1: later, speaking, Loki is trying to prove that he is worthy of the throne of Asgard by destroying Jotunheim, but he never says that, right? It is, yeah, that's like never. That's like never established. It's only alluded to when he secretly kills Laufey in Odin's throne room, or whatever. Yeah, when Odin is in the Odin sleep. Um, I also dislike the way that the Odin sleep comes about. The Odin sleep is very, is a very recurring thing in the comics um, where it's just once a year, Odin has to enter, has to enter the Odin sleep. So him kind of doing it out of nowhere feels very weird to me. I sort of wish that he just was like, oh, got to enter the Odin sleep. And this is when Loki does all of his, all of his shit.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think they, they kind of establish that it's, uh, it's being caused by like stress, like, like the Owen sleep being a different thing in the MCU than in kind of like what it is in the comics. I don't think it's such a huge problem. I mean, it's a little bit yeah. weird to kind of be like, and then you made him so stressed. He fell asleep. Right. Like it's like, like that doesn't immediately follow, but I think they at least like say something about that. Right. That, uh, uh, that like, you know, unlike the, the kind of like worthiness thing, which is like, I don't know. Um, I remember like, I remember back when I first watched this, basically thinking that like, I remember R- Loki being writer than he is on a second rewatch. Meaning, like, like I think uh, Thor is kind of like a dumbass, right? And uh, and you know, but I, I remember Loki seeming to be more competent than he did on a rewatch, and I, w- I wonder why that is. Um, maybe because like that, that that like the kind of uh, kill the Fl- frost giants plot doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, yeah, see, I bet like they you said. cut
1: that stuff. This is. Quintessential JMS stuff, which I think they probably cut out of that first draft. Because I think it, it makes a lot of sense for Loki to be doing this, and this is like the, the quintessential like Loki trickery shit, right? Odin is asleep, he lies to Thor to keep him on Earth, saying that he's exiled forever, he can never come back, or whatever. Um, then he sets up the Frost Giants to come to Asgard, and he can assassinate their leader to deal a decisive, like, to deal a decisive blow. That, all of that tracks, and is, like, pure Loki, and I'm on board for all of that, like, part of it, right? But then at the very end of the movie, there's there's two problems here. One, at the very end of the movie, it all becomes about him nuking Jotunheim, which I'm just like, what? Uh, And then two, Loki never quite explains that, so, like, I... I can infer it, and I like that, you know, like, I like that the movie, in a certain sense, isn't talking down to me, but I imagine in a world where Loki has a sidekick to talk to, and he goes, and they go, What? Loki, why did you just kill Laufey, King of the Frost Giants? And he goes, Aha, well, now I am the greatest king of Asgard, who has finally and definitively defeated our greatest enemies, the Frost Giants. Everyone will follow me now, muah right? Like, how much better I feel like the movie would have been if it had had that moment.
0: Yeah, um, and, and, and part of the problem too is that it doesn't come across as Loki being clever. It comes across as Loki being kind of like nuts, right? Like, yeah. or him being emotional, which kind of cuts against the the kind of trickery part of it. Um, uh, and also, like, I don't think it's well, ju- like, well justified, like why he then sends the destroyer to Midgard.
1: Or... That is the other thing that I'm just like, what the fuck? If if his whole thing is. Thor has to stay on Midgard, or whatever. I mean, so, the answer is he's trying to kill Thor with the Destroyer, and also, right. like, the Warriors 3, because the Warriors 3 are going to tell me he's not in exile, or whatever. But it just seems like, I don't know, it just seems like crazy and provocative and out of nowhere. Uh, especially because that's not how the, the Destroyer works, which also really bothers me. Um, the Destroyer is like a kind of a, like a suit that can be worn more than like a golem to be directed, right? And the point of it is that it is it is made out of the same metal as Thor's hammer. It is indestructible. So the point of the Destroyer is about stopping someone from possessing it rather than beating it up in a fistfight, which, really, which is part of why I hate the way that resolves, that they just fucking break it or whatever. I wish that they had found a good way to, you know, trap it or force Loki out of it, or any of these other sorts of, right, like, methods. Um, because at the end of the day, the Destroyer is just sort of, like, a weapon to be to be used, but I like it much more in, in the version where he doesn't destroy yeah. itself. I also don't think that the Destroyer is set up very well. It's only set up in that one throne room scene, and I would have liked a better... I don't know. Yeah, my,
0: my guess is that they didn't want to do the Destroyer suit thing, because, like, what, this is the... This is like right after Iron Man two, right? Like it's like and then Iron Thor, right? Like like I I I, my guess is that's kind of like why they didn't want to like you know draw that parallel at least not yet and yeah maybe they could have done something else with it but that's my guess. Um.
1: I will say that on the Destroyer, I love the Warriors 3, and I think that the movie does pick up quite a bit when they show up and hang out in Asgard and they have their fight scene. Actually, so I, the, I feel like the action in general in this, in this movie sucks, but when it kind of pulls out, like, the, the first fight with the Frost Giants is really sweet, and I liked that whole bit. Um, and there's also a bit of that in the, in the Destroyer fight. Maybe it's just, like, the CGI fights are good. Um, and, like, the hand-to-hand fights are bad. Because, like, the whole S.H.I.E.L.D. section, which is sort of a prolongated action scene, and has Thor, like, punching S.H.I.E.L.D. agents or whatever, I hate that stuff. That stuff, I think, was filmed really terribly.
0: Yeah, and also it doesn't, like, feel like it, uh... Like, why would Agent Colson think that this dude, like, should go get the hammer? Like, it doesn't feel like it flows well in the story, right? like I Like, we as the audience know why him getting the hammer makes sense, but, like, I don't think... It makes sense that Phil Colson would think that he should get the hammer. I don't think, at least.
1: Yeah, like uh, there's the part where Phil Colson just lets him leave, and they justify it by going like, "Follow him." Like, like Phil Colson knows that they're like lying, yeah, um, and he wants more information. Uh, but I just felt like that wasn't super supported at the time, and I, at first I was a little like, hmm. But then I thought about it and I was like, oh, I guess that technically makes sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like, it, it, it's not so terrible that I'm like mad about it, but it's just, I still don't think it's like great.
1: But this is but this is exactly the stuff I'm talking about, right? Like, this is the stuff that falls away when, you know, when I'm remembering this movie five years from now. I don't think about like these yeah, yeah. small plot mechanics. Um, I'm thinking about the stuff where I feel like it really works. Like, I like the scene where he's explaining Yggdrasil, the world tree, to. Jane and helping her with, like, her notebook. I think all that stuff works really well. I love the stuff with the Warriors 3. I think that the, you know, like, the Frost Giant fight is super sweet. I actually really like Loki's interactions with Thor and the Warriors 3. They really do nail, like, Loki and Thor's interaction, which is pretty unique in the comics, because Thor is kind of a big dummy, and Loki is smart, and the whole... A lot of their conflict is, uh, that Thor... It's kind of, like, brawn over brains, in a way. Like, Loki as a character is sort of too smart for his own good, and Thor, by being, like, a dummy, beats just beats him up by being stronger, which is a completely opposite dynamic of, of what is normal, right? Like, normally the hero, like, outsmarts the villain yeah. by doing whatever else, but here's a story where it's like, no, like, my big dumb jock brother really does beat me up all the time, and you root for him, like...
0: Yeah, yeah, no, and that's that's also that, that also carries through to uh, to Avengers, right? With the uh, with the yeah. with, with, with the Hulk scene, although I don't like Loki's character as much in, in Avengers, but um, I also
1: have lots of problems with Loki in Avengers.
0: Uh, we can get into that a little bit later, maybe. Um, do, do you you have any anything else on Thor you want to talk about before we move on to Captain America?
1: Uh, what else do I want to talk about with with Thor? So it does drop. So I, I, so I had it as four stars. I probably would rate it as three stars right now. But I, but I would still like go to bat for it because, like I said, I like that early frost giant stuff. I also just like Asgard in general, um, and most of the stuff that goes on on Asgard, like Heimdall and all that. Like I think all that stuff is pretty is is pretty sweet. Um, just like the movie really takes a dump at the third act, and also the shield stuff. Uh, And also, I just fucking, like, really hate Darcy. Like, I just really hate Darcy. What an annoying character. I bet at the time I thought Darcy was funny, but, like, now that I'm, like, 30, I'm just like, oh, my God. Get out of here. (laughs) Please. Um, But, yeah, so ultimately I would call it, like, a, like, a, I guess I would call it a three-star movie. Oh, another thing. One, the music sucks, which was also true. I've said this about most of the Marvel movies, except for yeah. Iron Man really nailed it with the electric guitar. But in all the other ones, the music has sucked. The music in Thor fucking sucks. It is it is bad. Uh, and I hate the Dutch angles. They're all over the place in this movie. So cinema, cinema, cinematographically, I'm not super on board with this movie either. Even though I really like Kenneth Branagh, generally.
0: Okay. No, that, that's all fair. I think I'd put it more at a, uh, what's it, like, at a, like a two. Just because I think that, like... The, like, the movie wants it to be about Midgard, and, like, there's, like, I just think it's, like, so nothing in there. Um, I, I don't like a lot, like, I think the Midgard stuff always feels kind of, like, secondary to, to everything else. Um, yeah.
1: Well, the, d- does that core relationship work? This is my thing with Midgard, is I think Jane, Thor, uh, Stellan Starsgård, whatever the fucking his name is, that whole relationship works really well for me.
0: St- Stellan St- Starsgård, which which the one? old
1: guy. He's uh Dr Oh Z- oh the Z- Dr
0: Blake or there's or something like that like the the doctor
1: no, his name is Dr Zelvig. Dr Blake is Thor's alter ego. Oh right right in the comics which, which, is, which is the fake name voice.
0: they use for him. Yeah yeah right right. Yeah yeah yeah. Um uh so I think that I I don't think that the the Jane Thor relationship like hasn't like like I think the interaction is fine but I think that like I just I just don't think that like the story like justifies kind of like the, the 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 stakes that I'm supposed to feel about like you know him abandoning or you know him being oh, locked out of Midgard right like I just,
1: yeah uh, I don't I also don't love the love story I think yeah. that this is also something that we kind of learned over time with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and also other stuff uh, you know where the love stories sort of fall fall away over time. Um we're still in the middle of like you always have to have a romantic subplot in these movies. But by the time that you get to kind of 2016, right, I feel like there aren't there aren't a lot of that. There's yeah. nothing in Civil War, BBS, not really. I mean, I, well, I guess they're in a relationship. Does that count as a romantic subplot? Um, you know? Uh, I, I, they just kind of, we kind of like progressed past that point, and so it did feel weirdly dated to see the romantic subplot kind of back-to-back, in a way. Yeah,
0: and Doors kind of drops out as the series progresses, right? Like, yeah. um, like, and I think by the time we, we, we hit 2016-ish, like, th- all the relationships that are going to exist kind of are established, um, and like, maybe we'll get one in the future as new characters cycle in, but like, you know, the the big ones are what, like, Pepper and Tony, and then like kind of the shadow of 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 Carter, um, and and Captain Cap, um, and that yeah, I felt like that it. It,
1: it was specifically Pepper and Tony and Iron Man two, Thor, Captain America, that trifecta of three sort of romantic subplots back to back to back that made me uh, that maybe just be like wow, this is not something that we see because I don't, like Doctor Strange doesn't really have one, Black no. Panther has one I guess. So, there's that. Um, but it, it, Captain Marvel doesn't have one, you know? Like, I feel like a lot of these, you know, Thor Ragnarok doesn't have one with Thor and Valkyrie. Like, they just kind of, uh, it's a lot more like pro-platonic buddies. Movies, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Feels like.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so, um, I guess Spider-Man has one, though, with, with, with like, New MJ. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. True. but. uh
1: Um so, yeah. Anyway, that's my... So those are, those are my closing thoughts on Thor. Yeah,
0: and mine as well. So uh, move on move on to Captain America then. Okay. Uh, the yeah, adventure. Captain
1: America, I have long hated this movie. I This movie really bothers me. Not because it, it is better than I... Th- it is better than I'm giving it credit for. I don't, I don't hate it because it's bad. I hate it because it does shit that just pisses me off, like the kinds of things that bother me. And it is my patron example of this. And I've probably talked about this on the podcast before, right? That... Um, my thing with these movies is stakes, and I feel like Captain America has terrible stakes. I am never invested in the stakes of the story, and it just, compl- I am 100% lost. Um, I was a little surprised because I thought it was sort of better than I remembered. In, in certain places. Um, for a while, I actually thought I was really going to come around on it. Maybe after the first hour, I was like, oh, this is a lot better than I remember. But then it just went all downhill from there. And I was like, nope, I was right. This <laughs> I hate this movie. Fuck this movie. Right? So,
0: so, so where do you feel that it goes downhill?
1: So my big thing is the factory fight, the first interaction that Cap has with the Red Skull, where they're at the factory. It is... That is a moment where the Red Skull loses all threat and the rest of the movie just spends its time telling you the Red Skull is dangerous and showing you that he is not, basically, right? Um, So, I, I also have, like, bigger structural quarters with Captain America. I think it is that first half, which is good, is actually too long and kind of fucks with the movie or whatever. Okay, I about Because that. there's very little give and take or back and forth. Even uh, uh, like between Cap and like the Red Skull or whatever. At every interaction that they have together, Cap wins, the Red Skull loses. Right? Which is the opposite of like a typical story, right? Like the typical story has the antagonist here, Cap is gonna be here, right? And he is going to surpass... Man, if you're listening to this podcast, you didn't get what I was just saying. Um, but like... Normally, the villain starts out more powerful than the hero, and the hero has to change in order to become more powerful than the villain, right? You know, like, they have to undergo some sort of character arc in order to get what they need to beat up, you know, to beat up the bad guy, right? Very typical, straightforward uh, sort of hero's journey stuff, right? But in every interaction that Cap has with the Red Skull, the Red Skull is losing and running away, it feels like. And so they keep saying, like, oh, he's on the verge of destroying whatever, but then they show us this gigantic montage of Captain America and the Howling Commandos effortlessly destroying all of these factories. There's this whole thing with, like, the train heist with Arnim Zola where bucky dies and that's a huge thing right bucky dies oh the sacrifice but they win they capture arnim zola and arnim zola tells them where the red skull's final hideout is and then they effortlessly take that final hideout and he flies off and it's just like i don't know that's the thing is that i i'm completely unsold on red skull's danger and menace at any time uh, because of the mechanics of the plot of the movie, the the Red Skull is soundly defeated by Captain America from their very first interaction, and he continues to wallop the Red Skull all the way up until he dies at the end of the movie. So. Yeah,
0: so, so I, I I I I get your point. Um, I think part of this is that like the stakes are kind of high enough for me by it being World War Two, right? Like I think I think that that like brings in a kind of like a lot of implied kind of like existence right like it's weird because i i do kind of i did kind of watch this as kind of like a it, you know like a, a world war Two alternate history type of thing um or at least that's how it played out to me um and I, I i definitely get what you're saying but uh i, I don't know it, it didn't bother me so much um mostly... Yeah,
1: like, this is... I want to be clear, this is stuff that is, like, fine-tuned to bother me. Okay, that's What cool. I want in these sorts of movies is I want those stakes to ratchet over time um, and for it to become, like, more... Like, that's how, that's how I can get, like, involved in the... In that... In the action, right? Um, and so... That's a personal taste thing, more than, like, a real qualitative... I don't think the movie is bad because of this. I think this thing is bad, but it is it is specifically the thing that I look for to judge whether or not a movie is is, is good or bad. So okay, like, I see it what you're saying. Yeah, stands yeah. out as yeah yeah you get it.
0: Yep, no, no absolutely. Um, uh, I, the thing that kept sticking out to me as something that like like bothered me, and this is like very petty, but like the double armed Heil Hitler salute was just like so stupid. <laughs> <laughs>
1: just... Yeah, they worked so hard not to have the Nazis be Nazis in this movie, which bothers me also. Yeah, yeah. It just feels like like there's that whole thing about where he's like, "Oh, the Führer doesn't see how cool I am," and Hydra's gonna break away from the 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 Nazis, I guess. And I was just like, well, "Who is this for? Like, why does this matter? Why does the Red Skull have to be like?" Am I supposed to be on Hitler's side? Like I'm so yeah. confused by that whole interaction. Yeah.
0: I, so I th- I think what they were trying to go for is like, and if you thought Hitler was bad, right? Yeah,
1: like, yeah. Let me introduce you to Super Hitler over here. He he
0: he heiles with two arms. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, is that a thing from the comics? I just can't get past that. Like how how like. Hail
1: Hydra is a thing from the comics, but I don't know that the salute is. Yeah. Um,
0: it's just so. Uh, what, anyway yeah, uh, yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> no it really fucks with me too especially because like so the other this is another part of the stakes thing Hydra is shown to have these super cool laser weapons and then like Cap and the boys show up with like Thompson machine guns and they're like so that's the other part that just bothers me is it's not like I have a good reason to see why like on paper if the, if the Hydra agents are using these superior weapons and they are these, like, hyper-disciplined soldiers that will kill themselves rather than submit to being captured, it just seems like how – I, I don't know, man.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I definitely get that. I, I think I think something that, that you're really pointing to there is that, like, the Hydra weapons are supposed to be important, but they're not really any better than normal guns, at least not in any way that we can see. Um, which is kind of funny because that comes back in Avengers. is like, and they were developing hydro weapons with the – it's like well, they're, they're just guns. Like maybe you don't have to like put ammo in them, but they don't seem to be particularly more effective than you know a gun with a bullet. Um, yeah. But yeah.
1: But I do want to say that I think the first part of the movie does better. This is part of what I talked about last time, which is like we were seeing sort of a fundamental shift in the way that we view these superhero movies where they kind of come away from – the 2000s version which is like very focused on like villain like the villains and stuff um and these this version is much more zeroed in on the hero um and like telling his story like it takes 120 minutes to get to kind of the true ass kicking portion of captain america where he dons the suit and he's going to like fight bad guys which seems like just an insane amount of time um but i do think that that's the setup that they do is like pretty good ultimately i probably would have cut it right like if it's me, I think I want that portion with the factories that's just in the montage, which I just think sucks so bad. I just think that's so dumb. That probably needs more room to breathe, and if you really want to set this guy up to fight the Red Skull, you need to expand. And that just like takes time. But the budget that they use does go to a good place, which is setting up who Cap is, how he exists right in the world. I like all of that stuff. I specifically really like Stanley Tucci, the Tucci, obviously, just any movie, he fucking kills it. actually specifically wrote down, I said, Howard's American accent is very bad. And then I wrote, Hugo Weaving's German accent is very bad. And then I wrote, Stanley Tucci is the only person that has a good accent. <laughs> In my notes.
0: Which, which character is Stanley Tucci?
1: Erskine. He's, the, he's like the doctor that chooses. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he has so much kind of heart and pathos that it just it just like carries I, I don't know it just like carries that whole front section and and that's sort of the reason why I was like oh like maybe I was wrong about Captain America but then like he leaves and right. then we it takes forever to get to the part where Cap fights people and then the fighting is just like all one sided buffoonery that just didn't feel dramatic or tense for me at all so, so like it ended up sort of I was right all along you know what <laughs> I mean like I look back at myself I was like no you had that you had that correctly, but I forgot how great Stanley Tucci was. Mm. Really, uh,
0: yeah, so um, I, I also like um, the 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 uh, the like I, I like the interplay between Tucci, Stanley Tucci and, and the Colonel. Um, I forget that. Oh, actress. I
1: love the Colonel, Tommy Lee Jones.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, um, I also thought that. Most of the pe- like the Peggy Carter stuff landed for me for the most part. I thought the the scene where like the secretary like kisses Captain America was dumb, very uh, contrived. And yeah, I think-, I think I think I think they did that just to have Peggy Carter shoot the shield. Um, like, it, but uh, but like otherwise, I thought that 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 was handled pretty well. Right, like I, I thought that that's a a thing that kind of was well set up and also reverberates throughout the series very well. Um, I think this. Yeah,
1: no, I I guess I agree with that. I do have some underlying problems with some of this stuff, and I think this all comes from the first half just takes forever, where you get and Peggy's in there, which is why she sort of like gets out of it. But I I did have a problem with the interaction with Howard with the with the Howling Commandos. I feel like there needed to be more of sort of that aspect to it. You kind of get a little bit of. Um, Dugan, but mostly the Howling Commandos are sort of just like vague gestures at a personality. Yeah, you know what I mean, because they just didn't have any sort of room to breathe, which just I don't know. They like maybe Captain America needed to be a, like a three-hour movie or something.
0: Yeah, or like a two-part movie, which they weren't going to do this early in the series, right? Like
1: yeah, or even like I mean, I like Wonder Woman. I feel like is a good example of doing this on a better timeline, mostly because the Themyscira stuff wraps pretty quick and we get into sort of the, the world war one era. Like I remember her team, you know, like with the Scottish guy and the Armenian sniper guy or whatever much, I've com- completely forgot about the Howling Commandos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> no, that's a, that, that, that's a good point. You know, it's a, part of that is that you don't have to actually go through the whole, like, uh, you know, the, the actual construction phase, I guess is what you like, like the, uh, mm-hmm. the power up phase for, for Steve, um, with, with wonder woman. Um,
1: yeah, but I. I also feel like Wonder Woman has, um, well, and also like Aquaman does this. It just feels like the modern way to tell these origin stories includes a couple of like choice flash flashbacks to keep the story running, which makes sense to me. Man of Steel also does this, um, where you know you will start in the middle of the action, right? Like Aquaman starts with the inciting incident is, Orm destroying you know like the eastern seaboard with that big tidal wave or whatever and he is already going and dealing with that stuff but we're cutting every once in a while we're cutting away to see him training with Volko or whatever right right? so those scenes like in the in in an alternate version of Captain America right those scenes would have been sprinkled throughout we would have started with Cap in World War 2 and we would have like flashed back a little to you know right moments rather than sort of playing all of the key moments back-to-back and just kind of taking forever with it. Like, imagine a version... Like, I had this feeling about that chase. I had forgotten about this car chase in New York City with the guy who killed Erskine, right? Right. But that only arises, I'm pretty convinced, because the story is told in a linear order, and they need an action scene in the beginning of the movie because I was like oh shit yeah like we're 45 minutes and somebody needs to fucking punch someone right? yeah like, yeah you know um, and in in a version of things where that can be an action scene that is relevant to the present time and we are flashing back to core stuff in the past we don't have to kind of like you know mix and match if that yeah,
0: makes sense so I, I think I think I disagree with you a little bit just because I think that you kind of need to have the the Captain America story front loaded because it's, it's about kind of like it's important, I think, to see Steve as a weakling that gets powered up, right? And I don't think you can flash that back as 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 efficiently. Um, I I just, I just don't think it, w- it would work as well in, in a series of flashbacks. Um, yeah, maybe, at least like at least not the way the 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 the, the, the kind of structure is like m- maybe there's a version of this where like you know. He's talking to like some kids somewhere and being like, "I used to be a weakling too." When it flashes back, but like, I, I th- that's like I, a-
1: yeah, I, I I would imagine it would be something like that. Like you have a new guy in the unit, and he's and he's coming into the Howling Commandos, and he's like, "Oh shit, I'm with Cap- Captain America's super crazy badass unit," and people are telling stories, and they're like, "Oh, he wasn't always mm-hmm. this badass." <laughs> Boop. We're back into you know, Stan. Whatever that guy's name. Bucky Bucky Barnes. We're back into Bucky Barnes telling us, you know, about how Cap was a piece of shit at Coney Island and couldn't, you know, couldn't do anything. Also, by the way, the Steve on the small body looks very dated and bad.
0: Yeah. Do I... I think
1: they shave his jawline to make him look more gaunt than he is, which is weird. It just looks very weird.
0: Yeah. No, it was – it was it – was, it was a – a weird thing a weird thing to try and like deal with but but you know it, it pops out soon enough so I, I think i think it works okay i don't know but I, I i tend to agree with you it does it does it doesn't look great um so uh last week when we were talking about which movies to to talk about i said that i thought i, I said to you privately that, that we should i thought it was important to watch iron man 2 to feed into howard stark in this movie, yeah. Sure. You,
1: yeah what, what what was your what was your thought on that?
0: Yeah, so I like so I think kind of like having the basis for who Howard Stark is presented as, and kind of like so Tony's relationship with his dad, right, is obviously very strained, strained, and like you get, I, at least, and, and maybe this is me backporting some stuff in from having seen it later or having you know obviously seen the entire series, but like t- Tony's relationship with his dad kind of like paints. Uh, Howard as being kind of like this like near perfect kind of like deification type thing right and I think having that and then seeing him be just kind of like a playboy right like having him be essentially Tony in his own time I think I thought that that was that was good parallel structure is probably the the best language I have to describe that Um, and I thought I thought it was really cool to kind of like see like you know Howard Stark being the Tony Stark of his own time.
1: Um. Yeah, I did also enjoy that. I think it sort of suffers a little bit, kind of on this level of, um, like, I, like I was saying before, kind of like it just wasn't given the room that it needed yeah. to to breathe. But as a supporting character in this story, right, like, like you know, kind of C list, who it, it, you know, it doesn't have a character arc. It's just kind of like there as more or less set dressing. Um, and to make sure that stuff happens in the plot, I think that this is about the best that you could have asked for. Because you do, I I agree with you quite a lot. I think that there is a really strong parallel and sort of line drawn from the Howard Stark environment to, to this, to the Howard Stark that we would eventually see like later on in these films.
0: Yeah, no, and and uh, I, I I don't think the uh, actor choice was, like, I, I have a hard time kind of personally seeing that Howard Stark, like physically turning into the Howard Stark we see in Iron Man Two, but I don't think that's the end of the world, right? Like I, you know, the the Marvel movies are good, not, or you know, are this is like a, enough of a thing that right, you know, like you know, I also don't see, um, uh, I, uh, Terrence Howard turning into Don Cheadle, right? Like the, the, that's like a worse version of this, but like you know, uh, <laughs> uh, I think I think it. It, it it hits the notes well enough i i like i said I, I think the kind of like uh dispositional part of it is 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 the important part um i thought I thought it was fun to i thought it was it was good at kind of starting that world building piece of this too right because like we we you know we've got the entire series to look back on but like um that's like that that feels like one of the first like stronger building blocks of interconnectivity right in in terms of building the world because like we're we're starting to get pieces of it with shield and uh and kind of like these like because there's shield and thor and then there's this this stuff in captain america right whereas the the three movies we talked about last week it's all just kind of like extra scenes at the end of the movie and like little little pieces um and so i think that this is starting to actually build that larger cinematic universe is um uh is, is a part of, or is a good part of it I, I guess i thought it was i thought it was well done it kind of gives the world some legs um
1: okay so after well so what what are your final thoughts on cap cap stays the same to me it is one star i hate it okay yeah <laughs> no
0: so i i previously would have probably have said two stars now it's three stars in my mind so still okay. not still not great um and I, I, I don't do the kind of, like, even distribution thing. I do, like, the, the standard kind of, um, what's the word, like, net, net promoter score where, like, five is good, four is okay, and, like, three and down is, like, various shades of bad. Um, so, that that's where, that, that's about where I'd put it. So, so not okay. as bad as I remember, but still that great.
1: So, the next movie is probably the most momentous, right? Like, I think Avengers is the defining... You know, like, this is... the Iron Man started, starts the trend, and Avengers is the one that's like, okay, this is how we're made. These are how superhero movies are gonna get made in this decade, right? Um, and I typically... I have a poor relationship with this movie, mostly because I the things that I remember about this movie are all the things that make me bad, right? Um, there's, like, lots of little things that I don't... Th- I think the movie itself is good, Right and solid and well constructed and all this other stuff, right? And I would I would heap a, a, a certain amount of praise on it for those for those reasons. But I have these like small gripes that just like mm, uh, they just like mm, they bother me, and that always drags it down in my head. So I rate it as a two star movie, or rated I guess I should say as a two star movie, um, but with an understanding that like this is a good movie that I happen to dislike more than it is a bad movie, sort of thing.
0: Okay. Fair enough. And and I, I, I think I'm pretty much the same. I I think I would have like, I remembered it being good and I, and like, uh, and I watching it again, I thought it was, it was good, but like in like the four star range, like maybe back in the day I would have called it five because it was so fresh and unique. Right. Like, like I might put this kind of in the, your your kind of framework of, you know, um, Kung Fu Panda stands on the shoulders of star Wars type of thing. Right. Like, um, I think if I saw like if Avengers came out now and uh, like like I don't think Avengers is is good enough to to be to be uh, to beat Avengers if that makes sense right um, but yeah I, I think it was it was kind of like groundbreaking in some ways but um, I also thought that like like the the kind of plot elements themselves are pretty light which isn't great um, but uh, I thought it was like the the Watching the movie again, I just realized that like it's all just kind of like fodder to like really make that fight for New York scene sing, um, and I thought it did a pretty decent job of that, right? Like, the, the, if the...
1: really, see, I actually think that the the movie is very solidly constructed, and I think that there's a lot of really cool stuff that happens in here that I had forgotten about. Like, this is probably the biggest jump. I think I would probably call this a four star movie now, and I found watching it much better than. I remembered, like, a lot of the little stuff I, like, little problems I had, like, fell away. And I forgot how important some of these little details in Avengers were that really changed my opinion, I guess, uh, in, in an active way. Like, for instance, man, I miss the scenes where Tony is talking to Pepper and then Phil Coulson shows up. And then she's like, oh, how's, like, the cellist, or whatever. And he's like, ah, oh, well, the cellist, like, moved to Portland. And then later, in another scene, F- Colson and Tony are walking, and he's like, I'll pay for the plane ticket for you to go visit her, right? Like, you know, like, don't let your love die, or whatever. And it's th- th- that, it's such a small thing, but it, it is emblematic of something that I feel like has just completely fallen away From, like, these modern movies. And I haven't seen a moment like this in a long time. Which is this, like, suggestion at a personal friendship. And it also happens in other places in the movie, right? It mostly happens with Coulson because he is kind of that, like, emotional sort of, like, through line or whatever. But this is something that never shows up, it feels like, in Infinity War. It's something that never shows up, it feels like, in Endgame. Even in Civil War, really? Like, those movies... I, I guess just I guess I'm I'm shitting on those directors right the Russo brothers um this movie establishes so clearly that the Avengers are friends that and I was just like I forgot I forgot about that right um just like and it's these little things these little throwaway lines right like like the part where black widow is like this reminds me of Budapest, and then Hawkeye goes. You and I remember Budapest very differently. Stuff like that. I I don't know why. It's just like really. I was like, wow, this is what I have been missing. It feels like. Okay,
0: I I, I might I might buy that. Um, and may, maybe this is just me kind of like again, you know, at at the end of the road, being like, of course they're friends. I've been you know watching this series for 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 ten years, um, but uh, I I think the thing that I'm more speaking to is that like the kind of actual mechanics of what's happening doesn't seem like it doesn't seem that complex to me right like there's it, it's, it's a lot of kind of like uh, you know uh, it's kind of like standard kind of plot line right like you know like very simple very uh, very kind of like straightforward and I think that that's fine but like I said, I think it's mostly in service of like getting to the big fight in at, at the end of the movie, and then I, I will buy what you what you say about like kind of building the friendship fr- uh, friendship part. Um, but I think that a lot of that comes at the, kind of the expense of, um, maybe not the expense, but like it, they do that instead of building a, a more kind of like complex plot. Um,
1: yeah, no, I actually would agree with that. I think that the plot mechanics are good in a. Miniature level, like so. For instance, I think I think my favorite part of the movie is this helicarrier stuff, right? You have Thor dealing with the Hulk, and the Hulk is doing stuff with Black Widow, and then Iron Man and you know Captain America are trying to like restart the engine. And I think the the minutia of the plot in that moment, all that stuff is very good, and you're very in in the action where it's like okay tony needs to restart this fan but he needs cap to pull the lever at the right time right um you know like the hulk is chasing after black widow and if they don't deal with the hulk he's going to you know destroy the helicarrier um like hawkeye is invading the bridge or whatever and nick fury has to like all of those moment to moment sort of like plot elements i think all very well constructed and and it moves from those moments effortlessly which is which is very good um it kind of tries to do this a little bit at the end with the with the whole like battle in new york but to be honest with you i feel like the battle in new york, new york is just like you know how you know how in the there's like one documentary about the prequels where george lucas says i finished the script of you know, like, the Phantom Menace or whatever, and everybody claps. And he's like, there's a lot of pages where it just says, they fight. (laughs) I think that's what happened for the third act of Avengers. They just kind of put, they fight, like, uh, that is, I don't know, it's just fireworks. It's just the fireworks display.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, but, There is
1: the small plot moment of the the rocket needs to, you know, like, the nuke happens, which is the twist in the third act. All the rest of it completely doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, no, no. I mean, it, it, it's. You are right. It is, is all basically window dressing? But I think that that's the the point, right? It's like watch your action figures come to life type of deal. And I think that yeah. that, that there, you know, there is a place for that kind of spectacle. Um, Absolutely, I get it. Especially in the kind of like the first the, the the first team up movie, right? It's like oh boy, we're gonna watch all, all our friends beat things up. Um, uh, uh, and you, uh, uh, you know, I, I I I think you're basically right though that it's that it's, it's... yeah.
1: And, and I think that that's like fine. You know, it's it reminds me a little bit. Um, so the mechanics at I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm such I'm so bad at this. <laughs> I'm the worst podcaster in the world. The mechanics at the end of Man of Steel, right, are very complex. Right up until the world engine is destroyed and Zod is alone in Metropolis with Superman, right. Then it's just ten minutes of punching, basically. And it is just, like, the fight. But because the movie, in my view, I know not everybody agrees with this, sets up the, you know, like, sets up the stakes of if Superman does not destroy this guy, like, does not defeat this guy, he is going to single-handedly just destroy the world. Because he is, you know, completely omniscient at that point, Right. And he's he's, he's fueled entirely by kind of, like, spite or whatever. I think it's the exact same thing, right? But instead of that having in the back half of the third act, it is just the entire third act. It's just, like, Loki is enough of a threat that if the Avengers, like, don't get together and do something about it, you know, whatever. And there's, like, a little bit of stuff. There's, you know, like, the, oh, we're gonna buzz the... We can't, like, whatever. But, like, at the end of the day, it is just there to set up here is Thor's moment of doing cool stuff. He goes to the top of the Chrysler building and goes, buzz, buzz, lightning, right? Um, here's Iron Man's cool part, where he shoots himself into the big flying whale thing and blows it up from the inside. Here's the Hulk's cool part, where, you know... He like, says, and, I'm and always angry. Go, yeah. So, yeah, you just go one, two, three, four... You just go down the line and let everybody have their cool three-minute, you know, moment of awesome bullshit, right?
0: Yeah, I... I I, I do think that one of the strengths kind of here too is that like the movie is very quippable, right? Like this is where we get, you know, secret is I'm always angry. This is where we get, um, you know, I, uh, I, I understood that reference, which uh, I didn't remember what the reference was. And I thought it was, uh, I, I was, I was, I, I was glad to see that I got the reference uh, when it came back up again, which is uh, wizard of Oz for all you you kids out there. Um, uh, and uh, like, so ones I forgot about too, like, i don't know. for whatever reason it really stuck with me but like when when they're like well we can't figure out where to fly and is like you see the sun put it on the right side of the boat or whatever, whatever yeah. he says
1: <laughs> yeah mm. i i thought it, yeah there's a there's a lot of that stuff in here and to be honest it does sort of grade on me um but i think that when it comes to we call it marvel humor now because it has that sort of like name and reputation but I think that Marvel humor is worse in anybody but Joss Whedon's hands um he seems to just place it in good locations it feels like where like things happen that are I that are like Marvel humor things that would be like whatever about um but overall I'm not uh like it, it doesn't super disrupt with the mo like the core moments of tension and drama. There are some instances of that, and I will be mad about those instances in in a minute. But I was surprised how many jokes I just felt were r- rolling with it, and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, like it's funny. I'm laughing. I'm on, I'm on. I'm kind of on board. And it's because they're placed well, right? They're not yeah. in the middle of the action and the drama. They are in the you know. In the in the setup phase in the we're talking about stuff phase, right like for instance that it runs on electricity joke. I remembered that joke being while Tony was in the fan and he's getting knocked around the fan and I remember that joke and I remember being like and if I, if you had told me beforehand I would have been like that joke is bad because I'm supposed to be a fearing like afraid for Tony's life and Captain America is making a joke about that right now. But that's not where that joke lands. That I just misremembered the, yeah, yeah. the location. That joke is from beforehand when they're setting up, and uh, and so it's just like stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I I buy that, and I will point out that like I feel like that this is like it was originally Joss Whedon humor, which is why I think he's pretty good at it. Because like you you see this in yeah. Firefly is still one that comes to mind the most for me. But uh, yeah, makes makes sense that he'd be he'd be good at it. But you you said that there were ones that that that. Uh, yeah, so
1: there are ones that bother me, and they're all Loki-centric. I think Loki is the biggest problem in the movie, um, which is, like, not that big a problem. I'm actually a little surprised, given... I feel like the movie, honestly, just wants Loki to to have a conversation with Thanos, where Thanos is like, Hey, bud, go fucking take over the universe. Take over the Earth for me. Do me a solid. Thanks. and <laughs> And I would have been happier with that motivation then this weird thing he spends he he talks about it a couple of times where he's like oh freedom is the real you 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 guys love to be ruled and f- you, the fact that you're free sucks and and I'm just like what is this this sucks dude. <laughs> <laughs> this is dumb who the fuck says that yeah. just, just tell me that loki wants to rule something and that Thanos will give him the army he needs to take over the Earth, right? Like, I don't need any anything more than that, right? Like, just let... Loki should just say, I tried to be the king of Asgard, and I failed. But I'll be the king of those stupid fucking humans. And I'll, that's fine! <laughs> but then there are a lot of instances where I feel like Loki is... The butt of the joke. Which I hate. This is sort of the Red, red Skull thing. Um, and it's not quite as bad. Specifically because Loki gets... He gets the good shit in the middle, specifically with the helicopter stuff, and at the beginning, like he very obviously is a huge threat, and he is set up as a real threat by the beginning, you know, nuking that whole shield thing with the tesseract, and by the the helicarrier, right? You know, he kills Colson, who's kind of the emotional heart of the of the team, um, and the helicarrier is all fucked up, and he disappears, and that's the, this low point, which is well set up. Um, so I think that that stuff works, but I hate the moment where he goes, you know, you are all of you beneath me, and the Hulk wails, wails on him. I That moment, everyone laughs at that moment. I fucking hate it. I want Loki to have a... I want him to be a villain, where he can say his villain speech about how he's, he thinks he's so much cooler, and then you just wait on that for, like, ten seconds for him to actually kind of deliver the line. Um, I don't know. It reminds me of the moment where... <laughs> It reminds me of the moment where in uh, – I've missed – I've lost the thread on this one. Yeah,
0: so so I'll, I'll, I'll say that, like, I I get why that aggravates you, but I will also say that, like, I think the function there is supposed to be that, like, Loki's a pawn, right? Like, at the real sense, the, the, the Chitauri, which mm-hmm. I think is – I'll agree with you that, like, Maybe it's not the best done, but I, I, I think it, I, I ultimately think it's fine. I laugh at that moment, um, you know. So, you know. I think
1: that you know. So that moment is built on the subversion. Like the the joke there is that we've seen the villain monologue, and I'm I'm going to bat for the villain monologue. I think the vil, that villain monologue, giving the villain thirty seconds to just like be a shithead and to and to. Let the mask fall away and talk about how shitty and evil he is before the hero beats him up one last time is a good moment, and it's in a lot of these. It's in a lot of these movies. It's all over these these movies, right? Um, and so I get the joke, and I and I see like why it's funny in a way. Um, but I just think that that's that's like an important that's an important thing to keep like the stakes high. I remember it as coming in a different part though, which is which is one of the interesting things. Like I remember that as coming in the middle of the. Like the New York action fight beat 'em up scene, right? Um, where I was like, oh, I was like riding the high, I was in the moment, and then this dumb joke happens, and I lose the thread. But it actually happens kind of at a natural lull in that scene, which is a little bit what I mean about like the Marvel humor is really well placed, where I didn't disrupt things because it's kind of we're we're, we're talking. We've seen some beat up stuff happen, right? We've seen a bunch of punching happen. And now we're sort of transitioning into this nuke phase of the game where, like, the nuke is coming on or whatever. And so, because it's in that natural sort of lull in the action, it doesn't actually steal the stakes as much as I thought.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 just to kind of transition a little bit, because um, you, you mentioned it. Um, I, I I th- like I didn't really remember kind of like the shadow government thing. In fact, I didn't even like I, I had totally forgotten where the nuke came from. Right, like um, mm-hmm. that was that, that like read real weird to me. And I, I, it, they don't show up again, do they? Right, like is is this, is this resolved by like the Hydra thing in the later later movies that shields? Got? I
1: feel like it's resolved by the Hydra thing in the later movies. Uh, I also thought it was it's very weird. This is probably the piece that I would criticize most. I hated this whole thing. Where they're on the helicarrier and they find the prototype phase two weapon. I was just like, "What the fuck? What? What is that?" Yeah. Um, it's like it, it. It just you know what it is. It just feels contrived because yeah. it, it is this contrivance to oh Fury has some dark you know like Fury has some dark secret or whatever. But it just felt like it just felt very lame. Like I remember and and I specifically remember what it was. I remember in the theater thinking that they were going to set up that phase two is Nick Fury is stealing the the Iron Man armor or whatever to like make like weaponized shield suits of Iron Man armor and I thought and it's one of those things where it's like I thought that that would have been the cooler, like, the cooler way to go, but honestly, I think anything there just kind of sucks. They're just trying to find uh, a something, and I would have liked to see something that ties more fully and directly into the, into, like, the, the, the plot as a whole to make that work. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, the, the weapons thing was definitely there to, like, you know, make captain america angry right to like give him a reason to distrust things right i, I will agree with you at I, I, I don't,
1: actually you know you know what it is the thing it should be and i don't want to do this but the thing it should be is that the hulk was created because they were trying to re-engineer captain america yeah yeah i think that the, so that moment comes from the ultimates comics which i love we actually should do an episode on those by the way they're great um, which I, w- w- The Ultimate Comics, which I, which I really love, which is basically all about this, right? That they are trying to recreate these super soldier serums, um, which is the genesis for The Ultimates, which is a different version of The Avengers or whatever, right? Uh, but it's a big point of contention, and it's a big point of drama, right? Um, and I think that that's, that's what it needed. That moment needed a real sort of centerpiece of drama, um, that ties into the plot better than the phase two shit, which just really feels like it comes out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean, also like, like the the other half of this, which is like the nuke thing, is like, th- there were a couple of like you know things that like broke my disbelief, and like one of them is that like you know they would nuke New York City, right? Like that just like seems like so, yeah, so so nuts to me. Um, like I, just like that that, that 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 broke through my like kind of like there's no way they would they would do that right like um the other one that broke through which is very dumb and this is very nitpicky of me but it popped into my head so i'm going to say it's like the when the helicarrier takes off i'm like there's no way that that's like fuel efficient right like that's going to <laughs> like why wouldn't you just leave it in the water you could float for free right like like you know again that's very stupid but like it's just i i
1: yeah i feel like that stuff the helicarrier it's so iconic that yeah um, I no actually, I get it like it's like rule of cool because I did have that thought for a second when I was like well wouldn't so the fans which are built to you know like they're they're built to be like helicopter blades right to keep this thing aloft in the air they're also turning water but it's like you know if I take the screws on a on a ship and I turn them up, it's not like the ship, that's, that's not how a helicopter works, you know what I mean? And vice versa, I could not take a helicopter rotor and put it under water and that helicopter would move or whatever. And I had that moment, but, I don't know, I yeah. think it's, like, that's pretty nitpicky. <laughs> no,
0: it is, it is absolutely nitpicky. It's just, it's just you know, it's like, why, why is this flying? And, you know, and, like, <laughs> the second part of this, too, is, like, and if you weren't flying, it wouldn't be a problem that they blew out the rotor, now would it, um, type of deal. Uh... But yeah, no, it's uh, that's nitpicky. It's just yep. me being me being silly. But um, I
1: also think uh, so when it when it comes to this movie, I also think that this movie really nails basically everybody except for Hulk and Thor, who I have some problems with on a character level. Like everybody else, I think is great. Iron Man, Captain America, right? Um, you know, I love Black Widow, Hawkeye. I remember really disliking Black Widow ten years ago, but I thought her stuff was great except for her action scenes. The action in this movie sucks. Except for in the, it's sort of the CGI stuff is good. the The handheld stuff is shitty, and all of Black Widow stuff is very handheld. Um, but uh, but the I really disliked the way they handled the Hulk. I think I've always had this criticism. I think the I'm all that's my secret. I'm always angry. Moment is bad, and doesn't work for me. And. I just don't see it. Um, and then I also think Thor is a little bit of a throwaway. Like, I feel like this movie doesn't have a great... It doesn't know what to do with Thor. Yeah, I would agree with much, that. Uh, and is the character that it seems like Joss is the most uncomfortable with.
0: Um, yeah, so. no, I, I think I agree with that. And maybe part of that is just because, like, he is just kind of like a meathead and there's not a lot to do with him, right? Like, I think, I think you know, I think Taiki Waititi does a good job kind of, like, turning that into, like cool fodder later obviously later on um but uh yeah and it's also weird because i think like thor doesn't really get good until ragnarok right like and you know but like like uh i mean we will re-watch but like thor 1 isn't great and i also remember uh thor 2 also not being great um so you know let's see if that holds up but I think yeah. Thor's just like
1: a. I Actually, so I like Thor a lot in Age of Ultron But obviously I love Age of Ultron So we'll get to Age of Ultron yeah, yeah. a little bit A little bit later down the road Yeah, I, I have a lot of problems with uh, Do you? How do, how do you feel about that, that Hulk thing? I feel like the That's my secret I'm always angry is definitionally Unearned <laughs> if, like, By the text of the story How yeah. is that the case?
0: No, So I think I, I, I agree with you that It doesn't really ring very true but it's it's a very credible line, which I think, you know, ultimately, ten years down the line, is the thing that's more important. But I, I would agree with you. I don't, I don't think it like I don't think it makes sense that Banner is always angry. But, Yeah, I I'll, I'll agree with you on that.
1: Yeah, though I do love Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Uh, you know, rip to my boy Edward Norton, who I think I would have preferred to see in the role, to be honest, uh, at the time. But Mark Ruffalo is great. He's very good. So. You know, like even if I don't think the 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 character super works in the, in the movie, he as an actor is very very good.
0: I agree. I agree one hundred percent. Um, especially kind of like doing the whole kind of like you know uh, calm like he, he he does the kind of like you know very intentionally calm thing well, right? Like it comes across as being both like like practiced but relatively natural, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Right, like yeah. you, you can tell he's doing it on purpose, but like it's not obnoxious. So yeah, uh, I will That's agree with you okay. on that. Um, I
1: also wish that uh, there was a real. Th- this is the other thing about the banner is trying to replicate Cap. Uh, you know, I wrote in my notes. I was like, that line is so important. I can't believe it's just a throwaway because it's not between. It's not between Steve and Banner. It's between Steve and Phil Coulson, who is like that. Is the like least it 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 feels like something that is really pregnant with meaning and drama and it is sort of like tossed tossed aside like i feel like bruce banner should sit there and say i wanted to be you right the 90 pound weakling who takes a serum to become you know the world's first superhero that is amazing that is so cool right all of my research went into that and i took a serum and now i'm a monster." I want that is so pregnant of drama uh, that like I uh, just uh, it bothers me that it's like so close to being there yeah. but not on
0: screen. Except that that's not like that, that is not by by that by Banner's reasoning why he took it, right? Like he like like the uh, you know the the Hulk goes into de- goes into a little bit of detail that like he thought he was doing like I think medicinal research or something like that. Yeah, like the yeah, the, the, the weapons I application that, was a maybe. secret. Um uh, but yeah, I, I think there's a way to do the drama there, but I think it's just like, I, I don't think your specific outline works exactly. That's,
1: I think that is the movie I want it to be, which is not a fair criticism. You know what I mean? Fair like enough. I would have redone the movie this way. Yeah. Is, you know, whatever. Fair enough. Anyway, so we're, we're about to, at the end of our time. Where, so last week we started our rankings. I had Iron Man 2, Hulk, and then Iron Man in my, in my rankings. Um.
0: All right, so my, my, my power rankings right now are – or so you, you want to go first with, with what, what your current rankings are?
1: Uh, so my current rankings um, are Iron Man 2 at the top, Hulk, and then Iron Man. Wait, is this right? I don't remember what I said last week. I just have it written down in that order. Does that meant that Iron Man is my favorite? Iron Man 2 is my favorite or my least favorite? I guess it's at the top, so it's got to be my favorite, right?
0: Yeah, but where do you slot these three in then?
1: So if I were to slot these three in, I think the Avengers is clearly up top. So we got the Avengers above Iron Man 2 is my number one sort of seed in this moment. Uh, conversely, Captain America, bottom seed. I fucking hate that movie still. <laughs> um, and then I think Thor probably falls under Hulk. Uh, and above Iron Man for me. Uh, so...
0: So, read, read out the full list.
1: So, my full list right now is The Avengers, Iron Man 2, Hulk, Thor, Iron Man, Captain America.
0: Okay. We're we're very different. At this point, my full list is Iron Man 1, Avengers, Captain America, Iron Man 2, Thor, Hulk. So.
1: Wow. Yeah. I feel like your 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 list is very, uh, like that is... If you were to pull, like, I don't know... People that would be like the, the consensus, sort of, yeah. Uh, I, uh, on these
0: six movies I, I might agree with you. I think a lot of people would put Avengers at the top, um, just because it's so bombastic. Um, mm-hmm. but like, I, I, yeah, I, so yeah, I, 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 I'd buy most of that. Yeah, the,
1: the real reason that I'm putting Avengers at the top is honestly that thing that I mentioned about the Phil Coulson and the cellist or whatever. This is a magic that the Marvel movies lost. That I forgot was in this movie and is super important to me and I love it. And even though The Avengers is a movie I really, really disliked before revisiting it for the podcast, I'm now like, oh, I remember. Th- this is this is actually good. Basically.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So
1: next week we'll be doing the first three movies of Phase Two. Yeah. which Are I don't actually remember I'm in Three. Obviously, it's 2013. Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? That's gotta be it.
0: Is, is, that, is that it? Um, I could That might be right.
1: Let's take a quick look. Uh, nope, that is not it. Uh, phase three is Iron Man 3, Thor, the Dark World, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Okay. Then the next phase is Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, Ant-Man.
0: Okay. Oof. Look forward to... Looking forward to that one because, yeah. <laughs> as people at home know, Ant Man holds a dear place in my heart. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, so um, well, that's fate Well, that was you know Marvel Phase One. Uh, how was your week?
1: How was my week? Well, I am up to. Five characters that I've leveled from zero to max level in World of Warcraft. Watching a lot of The Wire. That's probably the most. It's probably the most interesting thing outside of uh, playing WoW for the millionth week in a row because I'm just like a horrible, terrible, crazy addict. Um, I, I have been watching more of The Wire. I got through uh, season two, season three, season four. Maybe we'll talk about this like in a in a better context. Um, people regularly say that. Season 4 is the best season of The Wire, but I think Season 3 might actually be the best season of The Wire. Um, because I think that it just ends in a really great, interesting, like, a really great, interesting way. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I feel like your week is going to be... Oh, wait! No, 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 no. Well, whatever. Your week is probably going to be more interesting. Tell me all about it. Uh,
0: I don't know how, how interesting my week's going to be. But, um, so, I played a bunch more Hades. Um, High... I don't know if, if this happened before last week or, or, or not, but I finally um, kind of got through the epilogue part, um, which is good. Like, it's a great game. Can't recommend it enough. Um, I also uh, played... Did, do, you, do you know the game Helltaker? Okay, so this is this is free, small puzzle game on Steam. Um that I am pretty sure, if I'm remembering this correctly, was made solely because the guy who made it wanted people to make fan art of his characters. Um, it's like a dude, the Helltaker, goes into hell and like gathers a harem of demon girls. Um, and it, it's, it's not an explicit game, but like it's like a it's 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 a very kind of cutesy game. The art's great, um, and the game really short. It took me like like uh, what? Let me let me see. It took me like probably like and uh it took me 69 minutes to beat nice um that's doing kind of all the uh the 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 little optional stuff but you know, like i said it's it's a very clean game uh, very well like like uh it's very sh- like i said it's very short but it is well put together and pretty um and uh, it has had the desired effect of a bunch of people on like say twitter making art of the, of the characters so you know good on that guy for that um uh, the other big thing I did was is I started watching um, uh, Truth Seekers. This is the Nick Frost Simon Pegg uh, show on Amazon Prime. I think it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, about like so. It's like Simon Pegg has had a very small part in the. the I think I watched the first four episodes so far. Um, Nick Frost is like a uh, is like a. Uh, Broadband installer, and he keeps like running, and he's like a he's like a paranormal YouTuber, or right? like he like goes and like like does like ghost investigations. Um, and then like the plot is basically him and his new his new uh you know installing partner, who is a he he's like a he's a dude he's like a he's a dude named Elton John. It's not Elton John, but he's like he's like he's like he's it, That's a whole joke, which is played sparingly enough that it works every time it's like elton john is it, it, it works well trust me um okay um but like paranormal shit happens and they go through it and it's been fun so far it's been it's like kind of that sean of the dead level of like you know realistic enough um that it that like the humor works combined with kind of like the paranormal stuff so i, I would give it a recommendation i need to finish watching it before i can give it like a full total recommendation but it's fun um and I think that's the the biggest thing I can the, – the, the big things I can talk about. Do you, you have anything okay, else you want to do? so the other thing
1: that's new in my life is the new Viral patch came out ah. on Friday, and I put out a video today uh, for, like, like the big update. But I had to play – so I, I knew that on on Friday, and if you listened to last week's podcast, I recommended – I was like, oh, tune in because I'm going to be playing the advanced patch. But what that ended up meaning was I got a build of the game that wasn't, like, linked to my Steam build. And I had to redo all of this stuff in-game, right? Um, so I was, like, earning new levels of insanity. I was, like, earning new, like, unlocking these mutations and stuff like that. Um, but I was also playing the new characters. The new character is named Joe. Um and there are two characters in gunfire right now. There's Decimus, who's just the base gladiator, right? And then there's Abacus, who is sort of, who is faster than Decimus and more fragile than him. Um, like, he doesn't, he has armor instead of health. So he can't use hearts, which are more more plentiful, to, like, replenish health as he's you know, moving throughout the, uh, like, throughout the arena. Um one of the things about the game that we have known for a very long time is, like, people like playing on Decimus, and people also like playing on Abacus, but, like, Abacus is a hard character that is, like, a hard mode sort of thing, right? Like, he is an explicitly harder character to play than Decimus, and we wanted to create a different sort of, like, entry-level, I guess, um, character that somebody could who, like, hops into the game could play as... Um to make you know to to make that process a little bit easier. And that ended up being Joe. Joe has a hammer, and uh, and the way her hammer works is she does a four-hit combo. So it's three hits that will stun. So it's like stun, 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 and then she does a big AoE slam, right? And that has a lot of knockback and damage, right? Um, but it's also sort of Dark Souls-y, which is once she's in that animation. She's locked to it, so if like, you hit the button four times, you will go all the way through the animation. And I actually found myself like losing a lot of health or whatever, um, while while playing as Joe. And then to unlock Joe, there is her cell is in the arena. And you have to go into the arena with keys, which are just, like, a, an item that'll drop, right? And you have to bring 50 keys to unlock locks on her on her cell once you bring all 50 keys. And I had an amazingly fun time with this, even though, I mean, like, it was literally my job. And I was playing this build trying to prep for the Friday stream because I was, I was like, I need to play Joe on Friday. Um, that's what we're advertising. Um... But I just found myself like really motivated and I was like rerunning a lot um, in the game because I just wanted to build those keys to unlock like to unlock Joe. Uh, and I ended up literally bringing 49 keys and having the last key I got it on stream. So my first stream was I was playing Decimus and I went and we found Joe and I unlocked her with my last with like my, my key or whatever. Nice. Um, but there's also some other there's also some other new stuff. there's new voiceover. Um, from the announcer who you know, like who's in the trailer or whatever. Um, but actually, maybe the most impactful thing is there's a new Carnage item called Juicer. Um, so for folks who don't know, Carnage items are items that like, you can activate, and if you collect enough currency, they will like recharge, right? Uh, Juicer is a new one of those that when you activate it, it uses your like injector, Um, which is like a potion, like a, like a, it could be anything, a healing potion or whatever without consuming it. Uh, and that one item makes runs insanely cool just from a strategy perspective where it's like, all of a sudden you are now like, oh, I need to load up a cool injector so that I can constantly be using juicer with it to do sweet stuff. Like I got one that was portable airdrop, which is, it drops in a chest, which maybe has, which has like items and shit in there. And it's just like I'm, I'm spamming it to be getting as many of these drops as I possibly can. And you can build like whole, you know, like whole builds out of pumping carnage into juicer into these things. And it's just like it, it's it's nuts and it's insanely cool and it's insanely fun. Uh, so that is the other game that I played a lot of over the last week. And I prob- will probably be playing more of it, though not for Buddy Gets Good. Okay.
0: Fair enough. Um, and those 50 keys, I guess it's a cross run, so you don't have to do it all at once, uh, I presume. Yeah, you
1: don't have to do it all I lucked out, actually, because on my very first... So Joe, the- her room is like a-, a spawn room. And I think it is guaranteed to spawn in your run somewhere, right? Um, but sometimes it's on the first floor, which sucks because you might not have the keys for it. Sometimes it's on the second floor. Sometimes it's on the third floor sort of thing. Um, And so the thing that I thought that was really interesting about that was my very first run, I was hoarding keys and I was buying keys and I wasn't hitting chests because I was like, well, what if I, you know, like, what if the chest consumes the key? I want to keep the key. And I ended up bringing 21, I think, keys to Joe on my very first encounter. I'm just like, I Flooded Joe's cell with with these uh, with these keys. On my subsequent runs, uh, it was more like three or four, you know, like maybe six at the most. It took me a couple of runs, a couple of hours, um, to to get her out. But you know, like that was that was like part of the fun, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, sort of having that like run to run goal, which is a weird thing in a roguelike, right? Because that is typically not a roguelike thing.
0: Yeah, no, I I've, I've seen. Similar kind of mechanics in in different games where you, you kind of like are building a resource towards, um, like you're, you're you're putting things in. Like Dungeon has a similar mechanic for, um, it's it's a new feature or it was a newer feature. Like uh, when the last update came out, like you, there's a key to like the Rat King's Palace and you have to spend money over the course of several runs to unlock it. But yeah, no, that's that you you are right. It is, it is a a newer kind of mechanic on on the roguelike scene at least from from what I've seen. Um but yeah, no it looks it, look, it looks very cool. Maybe I'll I'll try and put some time into that this week. Um yeah, uh oh, the other, oh, so
1: all of that was I guess paid for by Ocupar Games. <laughs> you know, I work for that company obviously. Mm. In case anyone doesn't doesn't have that disclaimer.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Um uh the other the other thing I put a little bit of time into this week is I uh, I picked Celeste back up on my Switch. Um I did a little bit of traveling this weekend, so I, I just did that to pass some time. It's still an excellent game. It is very solid. If you like platformers, I highly recommend it to anyone. Yeah, that, that is
1: the play. I, I have heard it compared to Spinch. And there are Spinch things about Celeste. Or, I'm sorry, there are Celeste things about Spinch. Like, there's a lot of apparently very innovative ways that they designed the, the platforming in that. Like, so that, you know, like, if you leave a platform, you still have two or three.
0: Oh, Coyote where you Time? Jump. Yeah, like yeah, that yeah. stuff. Yeah, or yeah. Whatever. Yeah, that's called Coyote th- th- that that McKetty you talking about is called Coyote Time. I think Game Maker's Toolkit did a video on on the things that it does to make it feel really good. Um
1: Yeah, that must be because I remember it was like a thing in for like indie, you know, yeah, yeah. platformer uh, stuff.
0: I'll see whatever. if I can find that video, I'll link it below. Um I highly recommend Game Maker's Toolkit for uh for for everybody uh out there too. Um uh it, he does great videos on uh on, on stuff like, on stuff like that, um, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, like, I didn't play a ton of it, but it's, 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 a, it's a, uh, it's, it's, it's a great game, um, I also, um, I took the opportunity of having my Switch to kind of download the, the, the new Smash characters, which are, um, uh, the arms character Min and uh, and St- Microsoft Steve very weird characters didn't get a ton of time in with them so I can't like get, like you know give like a uh, like a thumbs up thumbs down on them um, but you know they're 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 definitely interesting um, did did you hear about the uh, the 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 next day patch for for Microsoft Steve
1: no what happened I don't know anything about this actually
0: so uh, so when you win as microsoft steve he like does like a like all the characters do poses right um okay. the original pose he released with is he was holding a piece of meat in front of like his pelvis and the way that the like the pieces of the, like the the screen fill in it looked like he was just like holding his his dong um, and so, like, this is like the most Nintendo thing. It's like the next day. It's like, nope, patched out. Not in there anymore. We, we, need, we need to get this out of here. We are, 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 oh ch- are kid friendly. That is
1: crazy, Nintendo, because let me tell you, I could give you. It, I, I, and this isn't dirt. It takes a while to patch things on Nintendo Switch. <laughs> yeah. So, the, the fact that they did a next day patch for something like this is actually pretty remarkable <laughs> because, uh, you know, they like delays. Yeah, yeah. Delaying things and taking time with their patches.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, man,
1: I have not thought about I have not thought about Smash in like a very long time it is weird to me that Smash is branching out I mean I always thought it was weird when Snake was in Smash um, just because like I don't know man there's just something weird about Snake and like Mario <laughs> like Snake had the thing with like the remote controlled like rocket launcher or whatever and like Mario is also in that game. Yeah, I, I, no, I've never been able to really reconcile those two things. Yeah, I mean that's that's um, like
0: that, that's the whole point of Smash, right? Like and but yeah, no, they've they've gone way off like 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 I don't know how they do another game after this, right? Like I mean I, I suppose <laughs> they have to, but like you know, like it was insane at launch and now there's there's like all these characters plus like you know, there's like three more on the way, which you don't know anything about.
1: Um, I would be so excited if they announced who's the is there. Can you name any character from a Call of Duty story campaign mission? Uh I know there's a guy. Uh, who's the guy? The with Captain that, Price. The, is that the guy with the stash and the fish hat? I think so. Could you imagine if he was the next person to show up in Smash? I would break. <laughs> I like. I would never be able to interact with that piece of news. Oof. I would just be like, well, how, that's,
0: that's how, would, how would you react if it was like uh, if it was like uh, like, Grom Hellscream, or, uh, or, or, or... Oh, see,
1: that see that would be fine, I feel like. The, the, the juxtaposition, I feel like, is between the fantastical and, like, the hyper-real. Okay, you know what I, I, mean? I see what you're saying. Like, that's the part that gets me. And so, and I'm trying to think, like, maybe there's a better example for just, like, the most normal, realistic character from a video game.
0: A sim. Um... <laughs> Or... See,
1: even The Sims is, like, oh, yeah, honestly yeah. pretty fantastical, right? But, like, the whatever, this guy from the Call of Duty game, like, I, I feel like the Call of Duty games are just, like, the most...
0: Yeah, like, the, the most kind of generic, like, realistic looking maybe, game. Maybe, yeah.
1: like, is there's a story game. Who's the, who's the protagonist of Gone Home? Like, you know what I mean? Like...
0: That that would be that would be weird, um, especially because <laughs> especially because you don't ever see her, right? Like you're you're always in her perspective. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. That's true. Like Gromit, you know what I mean? Like so, like Grom health scream showing up next to it's like Samus or whatever, right? Like the Metroid universe takes itself more seriously, but it feels like okay to have Mario and Samus fight to me, right? Uh, but there's just something. I mean, even the fantastical nature of Snake is those science fiction absolutely right um but it like borders yeah it's on the cusp of it such that i'm just like
0: but part of me wants to say like you know like like you know johnny silverhand might get that um but like the other part of me just would say like well at that point it's like it's just keanu reeves in in smash keanu reeves smash i also
1: think it would bother me like if Ezio from assassin's creed was in was in Smash or something? You know what I mean. See, might, I think
0: that actually might have like a reasonable chance of happening at some like at some point, right? Like because it's God, you're
1: fucking right. Actually, the moment I said it, I was like, this could happen. Because the other thing is that it's also a very realistic game in the sense of like it's based in like history or whatever, and right. like climbing the note. I mean, obviously, mind controlling golden orbs is not is not realistic. But like the the the. What I I think of I you know, like when I interact with Assassin's Creed, I don't feel like I'm interacting with like uh like a fantastical property in that
0: yeah. Sort of way. Yeah, uh so so we we've got a comment from from Fortune Hunter that's suggesting GTA and I think that would also be kind of hilarious, like
1: that would also be kind of hilarious. Like Trevor from GTA, holy shit. That one would also feel incredibly out of place. Yeah. Which is like, could you imagine like he runs you over with a truck you know. Like, <laughs>
0: Or just, like, pulls up, like, a regular gun. Or, like, or like Arthur Morgan. Like, oh, you know? <laughs> <God>. <laughs> oh, That would be.
1: Oh, God, that's funny. Yeah, fuck. I mean, and, and the other thing about, I, I don't think it would ever happen with the Blizzard characters, because Heroes of the Storm is that, right? Yeah, no, that's true. Um, that is true. But, uh, but, like, that is also a little bit of, uh, when the Overwatch heroes started popping into Heroes, I felt like that was a little weird for me. Because okay. it's like, I don't know, Hanzo just doesn't seem... Uh, no, nah, Hanzo's, uh, I guess I that's guess not so bad, because he's like an archer or whatever. But just like, I don't know, there's something about the modern day setting of Heroes of the Storm kind of put next to Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo characters that just feels a little weird.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 think, I think I agree with you. But yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Smash is a crazy game. Um... <laughs> Uh, uh, so, uh, kind of in that vein, as I talked about Johnny Silverhand, you know, the, the other part of the other big news is that Cyberpunk's delayed by 21 days, which gives me more time to find a 3080, uh, or maybe get one of the new the new Radeon cards instead. But you know, like this...
1: yeah, um, apparently those new Radeon cards just like are uh, they are about the same power wise, but they're cheaper. Yeah, um,
0: the that that is the the general thing, um, but the. Uh, The kind of deep down thing is that um, the Radeon cards are not as good at the ray tracing thing, which is kind of like the big, you know, powerful tech. Um, uh, And they also don't have the kind of like there's like a a machine learning based. I think it's called DLSS type of thing where like it it kind of uses machine learning to do better um, kind of like render like makes it makes it look better is is the easy way to put it um I think it it does kind of like calculation of like sub pixels better um uh I I don't I don't know what the the real kind of performance on that is or the the real performance output on that is but um uh the the one thing that the Radeon cards have going for them is that if you have one of the new processors with it which they announced earlier this month um you get like a bonus from them working together pretty well so uh, we'll see. Uh we'll 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 see how it all pans out. But uh, you know, hopefully hopefully it'll be in time for uh uh I'll be able to get one of them in time for because I am I am hype hype for the um uh for that game. Did I know you built the machine recently. Did did you get uh one of the new Radeon cards or, or or not one of the new Radeon cards, one of the new NVIDIA cards or, or uh are you running My
1: plan was to get a thirty eighty, uh because I my big thing was my processor. I needed to upgrade my processor because to be honest, it was mostly for I like I do a lot of video editing sure, sure. for my job, so um, I wanted I wanted it for that, and also the most important thing for WoW is the processor. Like your that makes graphics sense. card doesn't matter so much. Your pro, your processor matters a lot, and so I was being gatekept by my processor when I was playing. Like I was playing at seven when I wanted to play at ten, sort of thing. Um, so the the but I knew I and I was like I know I want to make this processor upgrade. Um, so the 3080 just kind of happened to coincide with that. I, I have a good card. I have an RTX 2060 Super, which is fine, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I bought that honestly because it was the most powerful card I could find at a moment's notice because my graphics card, which at the time was a 1080 Ti, uh, was fucking up and I needed to replace like the card the same day. So I drove to Best Buy or whatever and I was just like give me the most powerful thing you got. Um which turned out to be that 20 that 2060 super or whatever, which is not insanely powerful but you know, it's good enough. Yeah. yeah. And, um so yeah. I'm sure I I probably won't be able to run uh Cyberpunk on like super insane crazy settings, but yeah. I will be able to run it on, you know,
0: good settings. settings. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah I so they also now I, I don't know when I'm gonna play Cyberpunk because they they announced the new release date for Shadowlands, which is November twenty third, two days before my birthday, which is nice. Also sixteen years to the day after the release of World of Warcraft and like twenty seven years after the release of like November twenty third is apparently the day that Warcraft one and World of Warcraft both launched. Um and uh, and so that'll mean that Cyberpunk comes out two or three weeks you know, into, into, like, Shadowlands stuff. So, I'll probably be, like, thick in the Warcrack at that time. Mm. (laughs) Though, funny, so, what, how, do you get, like, addicted to games? Like, how do you feel about, like, your interactions with games in an addicting way? I had an interesting conversation with a friend of mine who was like, I don't want to play World of Warcraft because I think it'll suck me in too much. I'll get really addicted to it. And I and I thought about that for a minute, and I said, you know, I think I'm less addicted to WoW than I have been to a lot of other games.
0: Yeah, so um, I find that like, like the the like ad- addiction thing, like with the lifestyle games, like I, I can run them for a while usually, but then I'll, I'll hit a point of like, you know, what am I doing? Um, and so I think those kind of have their natural burnout phases to them. Um, and then the uh, there there are games that I will play. Um, kind of hardcore for a while, but, like, they're all single-player games, so they get played to completion once they're done. They're, they're done. Um, the only thing that's kind of escaped that um, that I can think of is, like, Skyrim or Fallout, which were games they put a lot of hours into and never got anywhere near finishing because, you know, I was too busy. There's just so much content. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, the, the example I made was I said I was more addicted to League of Legends than I ever was to World of Warcraft. Okay. Because with WoW, you don't get... The, the the destructive thing that League did to me was it put me in that frustrated place where I want to play more games. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. I never followed that chain of, well, let's play until we win, and then we'll be done for the night. And then you end up playing for four hours, and it's 2.30 in the morning, and you still haven't won one, and you're thinking about requeuing. Like, that never happens to me with World of Warcraft. When I'm finished... And when I'm like, oh, I'm I'm done, right? But at the on the other end of the spectrum, World of Warcraft will always have more for you to do. There is no end to that game, and if you want to pour time into it by the gallon, which is which is how you measure time, obviously, um, it will. It is it is bottomless, right? Um, you can always level more alts. You can always get more transmog. You can always you know farm more mounts you can always get more achievements right um so i think that's like the the, the addictive piece of wow if you are a completionist kind of player you it's it's easy to kind of get like sucked into you know like sucked into that and i feel like the only like to me the, the thing that i do is i just look at pieces i just take chunks of the game and i go i'm not i'm not dealing with that like that piece of the game can leave um you know, which is hard, super hardcore raiding, which is PvP, right? Um, but like, you know, if you're if you're a player who wants to like really do do it all, WoW will we'll always have more for you to do.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's kind of terrifying, honestly. But yeah,
1: yeah, it really is. Do you want do you want to hear do you want to hear something terrifying? Yeah, sure. I have 400 days in World of Warcraft of playtime.
0: Jesus Christ. <laughs>
1: That is more than a year of my life spent in, inside of the inside of World Warcraft.
0: <laughs> that, that is that is nuts.
1: Is that? Yeah, I know. Is That is nuts. I mean, I, I was thinking about it. I was like well, over the last, I've been playing this game for the last 16 years? <laughs> Which is like I don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Wild. I wonder I wonder, I wonder who has like the most like time played. Like 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 the player with the most time, I wonder how how much that adds up to. I actually a- have
1: less time played than a lot of my friends. I think it's because I'm an altaholic, uh, which is why I have more time played than I have that much time played. Like my time played on Baird is only like two hundred days, and I know people who are above three sixty on their main. Mm. Like they have not only spent a year of playing wow, they have spent a year playing one character in World of Warcraft. <laughs> this is nuts. This, yeah.
0: yeah. Crazy. Um but, <laughs> but uh I, I think I think we're kind of pushing up on the edge of, of our yeah, time. Sure. All right. Um well if you if you'd like to reach out to us and uh tell us what you think about the end of Marvel Face One or any of the other things we talked about on this podcast, you can reach us at mm-hmm. playgames at gmail.com or podcast mm-hmm. at games.com You can follow us at twitch.tv slash mm-hmm. where this is broadcasting live right now. You could also comment to us uh in that in the stream chat if you're here live. Um, uh, you can uh, find us on SoundCloud if you want to listen to the, the recorded versions. If you, uh, if, you, if you could, I would appreciate it if you uh, 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 gave us a review on iTunes. Um, I think that's everything. Uh, buddy, you have anything else you're looking to promote?
1: Uh, besides the Unenvironment Patch, which I promoted quite a lot, I have nothing else I'm looking to promote.
0: Well, in that case, until next time, dear listeners.
1: Until next time, loyal listeners.